Hey, Rob, we're back. We are back. Yeah, we're always back, but um, we never really leave. We just kind of have a semi-regular schedule of every other week, and it's worked out pretty well, I think, over... God, it's been... It's going to be three years this summer, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, three yeah, years. Pretty good, pretty good. I think we've done all right. We've, we've, we haven't missed too many episodes. No, not too many. Both of us have gotten sick a little bit. I fell down a flight of stairs. I mean, there's been, you know, little things here and there that have interrupted us, but not too many troubles. Uh, I think the other every other week thing works out pretty well. Um, you seemed very upset that I was doing a hardware Kickstarter the other day. Oh, do you know? Just don't. I mean, firstly, I am aware after I gave you a hard time that this is a company with some previous form for doing Kickstarters. Yes. Um, and they do deliver eventually. Um, but as a general rule, I'm not going to do hardware Kickstarters. No, and I don't either. I, I'm very careful with them. But I... And when I first saw this, this was first announced during CES. It was very strange. I've never seen this. And I don't know if you have have seen it. It's, you know, I, I have been aware that when someone sets up a Kickstarter, it's there as a, like a private preview page for a while because mm-hmm. I've had those sent to me, you know, as a writer for Mac Stories before where I can go and look at the Kickstarter before it's about to launch. But I've never seen anybody go public with a with a private kickstarter page and these guys did that because it was written up on uh, mac rumors and nine to five i think yeah i think something's changed for kickstarter because they actually have a a notify me when this goes live uh, um, so you think they're, do- they're doing like a hype machine before the launch right exactly yeah because I, I don't know if you noticed but when i tweeted about it it was actually pretty close to the launch and that was because i clicked the notify button yeah um, just I didn't think I was going to back it, but I was kind of curious to see what it kind of looked like once it was finalized. They um, hit the... But yeah, it's, I think it's definitely something that Kickstarter are doing to, I think, get a bigger boost at the beginning of a project. Because generally they kind of don't go up until like the very end because people like deadlines and like to do things at the last minute. Right. This one certainly, it worked for this one, I guess, because it was funded within 58 minutes. Uh, and it was so fast. I actually put it in my calendar because I knew I wanted to back it so badly. <laughs> wow! Yeah, it's up to three hundred thousand dollars now. Yeah, and it it got that first hundred in in fifty eight minutes. And I mi- I didn't jump on it right at the moment it went live. I forgot about it. I was doing something, and then Federico reminded me about it, and I went and I think I backed it after about I don't know almost ten minutes, and I'd already missed the first tier of uh cheaper versions and got it for $79 which is the second tier I think. But yeah, the right. only reason I did it was because first of all when I first saw it during CES, I had kind of the same reaction you did because I was like, well, fine, it is what it is, but it's a Kickstarter for hardware, I'm not going to back this. Then I realized that they were the company behind the Hyper I think it's just called the Hyper or the Hyperdrive, whatever. It's a yeah. It's a dongle that you plug into the side of your MacBook, and there's one ver- there's a couple of versions of it, but at least one of them actually plugs into two of your USB-C ports, so that one of them passes power, I think, and the other one is, um, I think one of them is powering it, and the other one is a pass-through, and then it has a whole bunch on the other side, a whole bunch of different things like an SD card reader and an HDMI and a bunch of different inputs and regular USB-A. And I, I knew about it just from having... I'd actually seen one because I'd seen Stephen Hackett's when he was in Chicago for release notes 
and talk to yeah. him about it a little bit. So, and I knew he was happy with it, and he's pretty. Uh, I think he's pretty discriminating in his what hardware he he likes. So, I was fairly comfortable in backing it. Uh, and since they had had some kind of track record, and I had actually seen one of their prior products, so I went for it, and I went for it because primarily because it's what it does is you know it's it's a key charger that can be. Or not key charger. Is it a key charger or is it a chi charger? It's it's chi. Chi, right. So I think I think that's how it's pronounced. I think you're right. It's <laughs> it's a chi charger that you can do either where you lay your phone flat on it or you tilt it up and it's like a little stand, which would be nice when I'm sitting at my desk. And it has HDMI, USB A, USB C pass through, SD card reader, and Ethernet. And so that I mean, right now, as we record, I have I have uh, plugged in USB-C for power, for Ethernet, for my display, which is um, USB-C to, I always call it DVI when it's DisplayPort. Uh, so it's DisplayPort and, uh, oh, and the dongle for USB-A for the, you know, preamp for my microphone. So I can basically put all of those things into this one box. Yeah, I mean... It- it's definitely a nice product, I don't know, as I said. I gave you a hard time about it, but like it, it clearly solves a problem. Um, right. And and with with the Qi charger on top of it, like I think, you know, as you say, somebody like you who is working from home and and you have you know your desk set up where you're sat there all day, like having the charger on top of all of that other stuff is actually probably quite useful. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I especially like the idea of it being propped up because um, I've been using a bunch of different charging things lately i've got an elevation labs dock here that i wrote about on mac stories not too long ago it's really nice um but it's lightning and then i've got uh, a belkin chi charger and that's nice too but um i don't know i'm i think i'm sold on the chi charging because i do tend as i work during the day pick up my phone a lot to do various things with it, even though I'm working in mm-hmm. the back. And so this, I can just kind of pick it up and put it down, pick it up and put it down. And it's not that whole, you know, yank out the lightning dongle and back and forth. So I, I've been pleasantly surprised by it. Although you do have to be a little careful about, you know, what angle you place things on these pads. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sold on, on the Qi charging. I mean, I only have one and it's just on my bedside cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the... The kind of the relatively cheap anchor one. Oh, yeah. um, it's not the one with the blue lights all around it. It just has one light um, that you can turn off. It's, I think it's just the older model that they did. Okay. Um, but you know it does the job. Like the 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 rubber top on it seems to keep my phone in place. I've only had one night where it's obviously vibrated and, and fallen off. Um, but you know that's the only time I really charge my phone is at night, and I'm I'm pretty happy with it. But the battery lasts so long, I generally don't need it during the day. Um, you know, So I'm not going to buy something like this. And of course, the other big problem with the hardware Kickstarters is if I ship this to the UK, I'm going to get charged customs fees as well. Right. Um, you know, It's going to be another probably 20 or £25 on top of the cost right. of shipping it to the UK anyway. So these actually get quite expensive. Yep. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, I know Kickstarter does have... Is it based in the UK? They, I know they have a a store that they do, I think it's out of the UK. It might be out of a different country, but I think it is out of the UK. That some that's separate from the US, isn't it? Uh, yeah, they do have that, but that doesn't apply to projects that are 
kind of in progress or just been backed. Like that's more of a our project's finished. We're now going to sell stuff through here. Oh, all right. Um, I didn't know that. Know, so it's not, you know, when I, I, I that this is still going to be shipped from, you know, I guess either the factory mm-hmm. where it comes from, but maybe that's maybe in China. Or I don't know where they're manufacturing these, or it's going to come from the US, and I will get screwed. Right. Um, you know, I mean, these will show up on Amazon eventually. You know, I can get, I can pick up the Hyperdoc on on Amazon, their last product. Right. You know, I'm sure in six months or something, this will be on Amazon if I do decide I want one. Oh yeah, I think it will. It definitely will. Um, you know, the, it's interesting. I ran across the UK version of Kickstarter when I got that. I ordered that book on the history of Mac gaming, which hasn't come yet, but it was confusing because it looked like it had been backed on some other service that that is UK based. But then ultimately, it also ended up on Kickstarter at some point, and I forget. I think that the original service that it was on for backing was was a book based thing, you know, like some sort of um, I don't know Kickstarter for, Kickstarter for books. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen the service you're talking about. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. Where is my Mac gaming book? Yeah, because didn't they say <laughs> something about December, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> And this is why you shouldn't back stuff on Kickstarter. No, that's I, not fair. I, no, but. I, I have I have been following that, and it is uh, there are proof printed versions of it, and it is coming very soon. Oh yeah, they will ship be shipped to you all in the new year. Was I, the the last update? So I'll let yeah, them off. Yeah, no, I have I have actually spoken to the author as well, and so. He's assured me that it's coming, <laughs> and I did not. I did not email him to ber- berate him about uh, about about his book not being on time. No, it's fine. <laughs> I, I do understand it. I mean, I, I, I'm much more open to doing books on Kickstarter because I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like there's many problems with printing books. I think as yeah. a as a society, we've kind of nailed down printing books at this point, right? And they tend to be a lot less expensive too. I mean, not always, but. <laughs> But you're, you're risking less less money usually too. I think the biggest hardware thing I ever bought on Kickstarter was a bicycle. Wow! Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big one. <laughs> it came and it works, and I like it. So, well, I mean, there you go. You can't argue with that. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. So, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk to you about today was Nintendo, of course, because I don't know. I'm I'm still very excited about the Switch, and they just finished doing a. They did a what they call a direct mini. What was it last Thursday, maybe? Yeah. And personally, not super excited by it. Hmm. Um, I think Mario Tennis looks fun. I think Donkey Kong is a good addition overall. Um, not one of my favorite games, but should be good. I like that they're expanding existing games like. Mario Odyssey is getting a new mode, which is this hide the balloon mode, where you go and hide yep. balloons, and then other people. I mean, it's it, as I understand it, it's just it's online, so you could hide a balloon, and then I or anybody else in the world playing Super, uh, Mario Odyssey could go try to find the balloon you had. Um, yeah, I mean that's yeah, it, it it looks fun. I mean, you you kind of mentioned uh, Donkey Kong, which is a Wii U port that they're bringing right. over to the Switch, and. I see the complaint, you know, I see people complaining online, you know, oh, all they're doing is porting games from the Wii U. But they but should. the Wii U only sold 13 million yeah, that's what I was gonna consoles. Say. They, they have to and they should because they are, there are some good games and nobody bought a Wii U. Right, exactly. Like, uh, there are there are a few games on the Wii U that I want to play 
um, you know, that, that haven't been announced or haven't been ported yet. Um, uh -huh. you know, the, the Zelda HD remakes are some obvious ones. Right. Um, there's a game called Toad Treasure Tracker, I think, which looks kind of interesting. Um, but again, I'm not going to go out and buy a Wii U just to play these games. So I've, to be honest, I hope they just keep doing this for quite a while. Yeah, I do too. I just, they ought to just get all the top games and get those all out on, on the uh, Switch too. I think that's a good idea. Um, Mario vs. Rabbids is getting... Donkey Kong is coming in as a character. I think that's coming much later in the year. And then, yeah. and then the big thing at the end was Dark Souls, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, which I've not ever been a Dark Souls player, so I don't, I mean, I know it's a big deal, but I don't, I've not really ever played it, so I, I but I think I'll try it on the Switch. Yeah, I, I'm not going to try it, because it, I, I mean, it's one of these games that's like deliberately like very, very difficult, right. um, and that's not necessarily what I get enjoyment from, but I think what it does do is kind of puts a stake in the ground and says, no, this is a proper console, it's not just first party titles, we've got you know, third-party games that are actually games people want and not just Just Dance 2018 yeah. or whatever. And it's arguably like a gamer's game system too, right? Because that's a lot harder than some of the first-party Mario-type games that you would find on, like, the Wii U. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's it's a good start to, for, the like, the first announcement of the year. And Payday is coming. A lot more edgier games coming to the Switch than you would normally think of a Nintendo console having, right? Because I think GBA is coming too, isn't it? Not GBA, what am I saying? GBA. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking Game Boy Advance. Uh, you're going to edit that out. You heard it here first. <laughs> Game Boy Advance is coming to the Switch. <laughs> I was thinking of Grand Theft Auto and the GTA came letters uh came popped in my head and came out gba anyway i think, um, I, think I, I don't i don't know if they've announced no i don't think they have announced that oh, i mean all right it's certainly possible hotline miami um, i think's coming right uh yeah i think that's coming i mean it's it, it's turning out to be a pretty good like i think what they really need is for the the switch to be a console that that could be your only console and you've got enough choice of games which right. i don't think has been the case for quite a few years w with the wii or even the wii u right yeah no that's true and then today i mean we're i guess we're about an hour out from some announcement which is nintendo's been kind of trolling the internet the last week they started posting all these cryptic pictures leading up to the direct mini at the end of last week and what's funny to me is just the the kremlinology that goes into figure trying to figure out what it was and and today's announcement uh reddit seems to be convinced that it's animal crossing because one of the game designers of animal crossing retweeted the announcement tweet from nintendo yeah i mean it's it's a very fairly tenuous um conclusion to draw but <laughs> yeah there's not really a lot of other evidence there. I mean, there's there's something seems to be something's been lost in translation between the original Japanese announcement and like the UK announcement and then the German one. Oh really? Um Yeah, so the Japanese one seems to suggest it's like for all ages and then the yeah. UK account are saying it's for kids and and you know, uh, you know, kids at heart. Yeah, that's and the one. The that's German the <laughs> one kind of says for all ages as well. So it's, it's a bit strange. I'm not really uh, yeah. sure what's going on. Yeah, it was the UK version that I saw, and and was thinking, eh, it'll be some family type game that's not that interesting, maybe. But eh, who knows? Who knows? Everybody's. I guess we'll find out in an hour or so. 
I'll be glued. Yeah, to, I mean, <laughs> glued to my computer. Well, by by the time this episode's out, um, everyone will know. So, you know, we, you, you, the listener, would already know if we're right or not. Yeah, we're probably wrong. So here you, <laughs> you can give us a hard time about it. Uh, just speculating about what's going to happen in an hour from now. That's probably the worst possible thing you could do on a podcast, don't you think? Well, <laughs> yeah, I maybe. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> so moving right along. Yeah, um, I mean, talking of the Switch, I actually used it outside of the house for the first time last week. Oh, yeah, because you went on a little trip, a short mini-vacation, right? Uh, well, that, that wasn't when I used it. Oh, but, okay. Uh, no, I, I then had to go to London, uh, just the weekend just gone, to get fitted for a kilt. Oh, nice. Um, for, for my friend's wedding. Um, and uh, I took the Switch with me, and I started to play uh, Breath of the Wild, uh-huh. and just... With the train moving and everything like that, it was very, very difficult to control it mm. and kind of see everything because the screen's fairly small. So I ended up switching to Mario Kart and I just played that for a couple of hours. Yeah, you know, I, I find the one thing about the Breath of the Wild, and, and you know, it started out as it was planned for the Wii U originally, I think. And I don't think that a lot of the text and things is very well designed for the Switch because it's not too bad when it's on a big screen TV, but even then, it can be kind of tedious and hard to read. I, I, I find it's really hard to read, though, on a, when you're doing it in handheld mode. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like as I say, I played for maybe five minutes and just thought, no, I just, I'm just i going to stick to Mario Kart, Yeah. Um, which you know was still fun. I actually played the battle mode for the oh, first okay. time, which I'd completely forgotten was even there. Um, and that that was that was kind of fun to pass the time while I was getting the train to London. Oh, you know, one game that I saw in that mini direct that I want to try is Celeste. Yeah, that looks really good, actually. Yeah, it's an indie kind of. Hmm, I guess it's a platformer, kind of. Or I'm not even sure. Yeah, sort it, of. the The art style I thought looked really interesting. It's actually coming out on the Mac as well, which got me thinking. Maybe I might do my first ever Mac game review. No, probably, probably not. <laughs> I just, you can't do Mac. You can't do games on the Mac, Joe. <laughs> I just got done talking about the Mac App Store with Federico, so I have met the Mac. I have Mac games and apps on my mind right now. Um, yeah, they have lots of games advertised. If you can't play them on the Mac, there are lots of them in the Mac App Store. Yeah, that's uh, well. Anyway, <laughs> it's not much of a gaming platform. I agree with you one hundred percent. No, definitely not. Um. Was there anything else, or did you just want to make it a short one this week? No, we can make it a short one. I've, you know, it's pretty—I don't know—we're in that post-holiday slump when there's not a lot of news and not much going on. I mean, CES was kind of cool. So uh, I love—I love CES because I don't have to go to CES. Uh, oh, I mean, actually, going looks like hell on earth. It looks like hell, and and I. You know, I spent I spent the the week very contentedly sitting at my desk, letting the Verge and everybody else find all the good stuff, and then I would email all their PR people and say, "Hey, can you send that to me so I can test it for a review?" <laughs> <laughs> so I had the easy cheat way to do to do everything. I just read all the news, did a little summary with Ryan uh, in the middle of the week, and figured it out. Figured out what I liked for myself. I. I it was an interesting CES because it was it was very much Amazon Alexa and I don't know accessories I would say maybe yeah you know there's a lot of home automation was a big big category this year yeah definitely it's uh, as you say I think the best way to do it is to sit back and not be there yeah no it's uh, it would be crazy to be there I suppose there there are definitely benefits to being there I suppose especially if you're at a site 
working with at a site like The Verge, but uh, it's not my not my cup of tea. And then the part of, of CS <laughs> that I would be interested in is so narrow that it would really, yeah. it's not really worth going because I was really interested in just the home automation stuff and the Mac and iOS accessory market, and that's you know that's a big part of the show, but it's still just, you know there's still vast wasteland of TVs and robots that I wouldn't care anything about. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of strange. There's well, a robot for everything, you know. <laughs> robot butler. That's the only thing I want. I mean, that's the dream. Well, I mean, actually, I a don't... monkey butler is the dream. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> but but if I have to if I have to settle, I'll settle for a robot butler. Yeah, that would be pretty good. All right. Cool. Well, good to talk to you this week. Yeah, and you. Uh, Speak to you again soon. Okay.